Bree Johnson is the co-founder of the Australian beauty brand Frank Body. Starting with a humble brown paper bag of ground coffee, Frank Body is now a household staple, famous for its coffee body scrub. Stay tuned for more. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable & Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable in Maine has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guest for today, Bree Johnson. She is the co-founder of Frank Body and communications agency Willow and Blake. For those new to the brand, Frank Body is a clean skincare brand said to be the most fun you can have in the bathroom. Widely adored for their famous coffee body scrub and fun packaging, Frank Body began with only one product made on the kitchen table. Now nearing its 10th anniversary, the brand has expanded into a great lineup of beauty products, ranging from moisturizers and masks to serum and oils. What I absolutely love about what Brie and her co-founders have created with Frank Body is an upfront approach to beauty, which is communicated on its packaging and, frankly, through its name. Brie has brought a new wave of energy into championing body positivity and empowerment and maintains that ever-important transparency in the brand's commitment to ensuring inclusion, representation and education. So Brie, I'm so excited for today and thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. And what a beautiful introduction. I feel so pumped up. <laughs> oh, well, I'm ready. Let's, let's take it away. So, you know, I ask all my guests the same question. Often it can be really easy for some to answer and really difficult. So I'm curious for you. So who in a nutshell is... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Oh god, I knew you were gonna ask this question, and I'm one of those people who finds it difficult. Um and I was thinking yeah. about why that is, and and one of the reasons is I've just come back from maternity leave. Um so I've had two little boys, I have two little boys now, and for someone whose identity has been so closely linked to what they do and to the businesses that they founded, um, having that taken away and having that time to reflect on who I am as a person um, was kind of confronting, to be honest. I felt like I had to go through a bit of a personal a personal rebrand. 
So I'll start with what I do because that's a lot easier for me to answer. So I'm a writer by trade or a copywriter by trade and I really believe in the power of storytelling and words. I think are how people connect and that's what I'm really passionate about. And that's what led me to start my first business, Willow and Blake, which is a communications agency, also the co-founder of Frank Body. And then I have my two boys, so I'm a mother, my wonderful husband, so I'm a wife, and my wonderful friends. But who I think I really am, I'm an optimist. Um, I'm definitely the team cheerleader. Uh, I like to call myself the positive penguin um, because I'm always trying to look on the bright side. And I have a healthy appetite for risk. Um, So risk it for the biscuit is my life motto. I have it on the back of a jumper. We have it on a sign in our office. And and that's really how I live my life and and how we run the business. Um, And apart from that, I'm just a dork. I'm just an everyday person. Oh, I love that. Uh, And it's it's positive penguin, right? (laughs) I love that. That's so cool. I mean, um, but so so I would love to know a little bit about, I I understood you studied journalism at a university and Mm. how did that path come to be? Yeah, well, I studied journalism. As I said, I, I really love writing and that's, I guess, my passion in life. And when I went to university, I thought I wanted to be a foreign correspondent. Um, and so and then I realized I didn't actually like politics that much um, once I got into it. So then I went down the beauty editor route or I went to work for the Glossy magazines. And in Australia, all the Glossy magazines are up in Sydney, so about an hour out of Melbourne or in the different state. So I went up there, I did all my internships um, and I really liked it, but I came back a little bit disillusioned. Um, I realized that wasn't really my passion to work at the Glossy magazines. Um And I was really lucky to get a job at a company called Broadsheet Media, um, which is a lifestyle publication here, which talks about Melbourne culture. At the time it was Melbourne culture, now it's Australian culture, but mainly focused on food and beverage and um, art and lifestyle. And I was really lucky because I was their third employee. Um, And so through that, I was exposed to so much um, that you don't usually get if you work at a traditional company. It was still very much in that startup phase and and the founder, Nick Shelton, really took a chance on me. Um, I started there as an intern and a writer um, and then I hassled him until he gave me a job as an editorial assistant and I worked directly with the editor, Caroline, and she taught me a lot about writing. Um, I was also given some really amazing opportunities to work on their marketing, so looking after their social media, looking after their emails, um, and that I just learnt so much. I was a little sponge um, soaking up everything I could and I saw that company go from just us three and obviously a whole lot of freelancers to I think there was 12 in the office um, when I left and I know they're a lot a lot bigger now Um, but what I quickly learned was that I didn't want to work for an entrepreneur I wanted to be an entrepreneur Um, and in the background me and two of my girlfriends had started Willow and Blake and that was it just started as a blog basically. It was a place for all the words in our head that didn't have a home. Um, often when you're writing for when you're a freelance writer or you're writing for a publication, things get edited and, and you have to stick to a strict set of guidelines and a tone of voice, whereas on our own blog we could write about whatever we wanted. Um, and we were really lucky. We started off writing about food and lifestyle and fashion um, and then we won a competition to have a website built for us and we got to think about what we really want to write about and we decided that was people. Um, I guess like you, we really like learning about people and hearing their stories and, and that storytelling element. And so we started this blog, um, yeah, writing about people. And then should I just keep going into the Willow and Blake story? Please. I love it. <laughs> Continue. So from there, we started getting freelance requests um, for writing. People you know, liked our style. It was very conversational. Um, and we started to realize that, oh, actually, you know, you can make money out of writing. You know, it doesn't have to be 
down that journalism route, you know, you can go down this copywriting route um, and give brands a voice. Um, social media at the time was also just starting to take off and as we were quite young, uh, millennials, um, we really understood that and we saw a huge amount of opportunity there. Uh, so we started with one client, which was jelly bean shoes. I don't know if you had them in the UK, but they're these little plastic sandals yeah. that were used to be for kids. Um, and our friend had imported 10,000 of them, but they were for adults. Um, and so he tasked us with basically getting rid of them. Um, and so we created all of that tone of voice, all their social media, and that really worked. Um, and from there we're like, okay, cool, there's something in this. Um, so we left our jobs and, and really started focusing on Willow full-time, um, you know, lived off <laughs> tins of tuna <laughs> and up and go and, you know, <laughs> basically nothing. Um, and just hustled, like did a whole lot of work for free, hit up everyone we knew and slowly built our folio of work. Um, we did a lot of work for free in the early days as we were building that. Um, but, yeah, we quickly kind of proved this concept that there was an opportunity for an agency really focused on words. At the time, there was a lot of creative agencies, a lot of design agencies, but no one really focusing on the written word. So that was what we focused on, um, naming, tone of voice, copywriting, social media. And we still have that agency today, um, but now it's a full-service agency. So we build brands doing everything from the strategy through to the campaign rollout, building websites, the whole the whole shebang. Um, and that's definitely my first love is um, yeah what we built there at Willow, and we're very proud of that company. That's, I mean, it's your first baby, right? It's, it's, the, it's the first company. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, I think the reason why it's still withholding and stands today is because I actually think there's still a huge gap in the market for a comms agency that has a, a huge focus. Of course, we have to adapt and, and, you know, have more services as the client's needs have increased mm. and your portfolio. But I'm sure that the copywriting and the tone of voice and the brand's DNA is still a huge part of your business because, to be honest, like even for our brand, like we really struggle to find agencies that um, really offer that service. There is a lot of social media and creative and design but not really on copywriting, or at least didn't start with that. And I think that's no. really why it's really set. And do you still find like there's an equal split between like, or is it like predominantly weighted towards copywriting today? We work with a range of clients. So we kind of have them split into two categories. We've got startups um, or brands that are doing a rebrand. Um, startups obviously are, are what we're really passionate about. Um, and traditionally for those ones, it's everything from brand strategy to naming, tone of voice, visual identity, um, art direction. And then we have, I guess, our, our retainer clients. Um, and so what we really focus on with them is more of those copywriting packages. So often they do start with a tone of voice refresh or just defining the tone of voice guidelines. As you said, once brands get to a certain size and you have X amount of people writing on behalf of the brand, maintaining that consistency is something that often brands struggle with. Um, it's easy when it's just the founders doing it or one or two people, but as you get bigger, you want that that consistency across every, all of your communications, particularly your external communications on social, emails, um, you know, any out of home you're doing or any advertising in general. So we have a lot of those clients that are established and already have all of their visual looked after um, and we really work with them. Yeah, it might be on an email copywriting retainer or just ad hoc copywriting, um, anything like packaging, um, sent media send outs, anything like that. Um, and that kind of makes up yeah, a decent chunk of our, of our work these days. Okay. Now it totally makes sense, you know, from working in a very fast growing third employee startup to then mm-hmm. creating your own company 
to then creating another company of your own, um, but yeah. in a very different space on the brand side. I mean, it's helped you so much because you've seen a lot of the 360 of the industry that often people don't get to do mm. when they're creating their own brand. So I'm sure that definitely helps you feel a little bit less, um, I guess, scared, but still it's going to be scary creating your own brand. So tell me all about how Frank Body came to be. Yeah, I love the Frank Body story. Um, so we were looking for a product um, that we could market predominantly through social media, targeting women who were interested in that wellness beauty space. Um, for us at Willow, we wanted a product through a service-based company. Um, and so we had a lot of our clients who came to us because they liked our tone of voice and liked that we were risky. But when we presented these options to us, they were too afraid to take a risk. And so we're like, okay, if, if we build our own brand, we can prove to them that taking a risk is worthwhile and beauty doesn't have to have this beautiful flowery language. You know, we can be fun and we can be really cheeky. Um, so we were looking for, for a product that we could market. At the same time, my husband um, works in was working in hospitality. He had a number of cafes and he had these two ladies come into his coffee shop and they asked for the old coffee grinds and they told him they were using it as a body scrub. Like a lot of people come in and they wanted the coffee scrub for their gardens, it's full of nutrients, but yeah, these women are using it as a body exfoliator. Um, and Steve is very entrepreneurial. Um, so he came home and told me, uh, we looked online and there was a few DIY recipes um, and definitely some merit behind the philosophy. Um, and so very traditional startup story. It was Steve, he went downstairs, we lived above the cafe at the time, he got the coffee grinds from the coffee machine. The first thing we realised was um, the caffeine has, the coffee has to be fresh. So it can't be used coffee because then all the caffeine's been extracted. So we've got fresh co- freshly roasted robusta coffee beans, ground them. Um, we got salt and sugar from the kitchen cupboard. We got the oils from my beauty cabinet and Steve mixed it up on the kitchen table. Um, and then I got in the shower um, and tried it and felt ridiculous covering myself in this coffee. Looked, looked like dirt, made this huge mess. But I was having so much fun doing it. You know, honestly, I was laughing the whole time. And then when I washed it off, I was like, hey, there's definitely something in this. Like my skin feels amazing. And everyone I think who tries the original coffee scrub, they have that moment when they're like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, my skin feels great. This stuff really works. Um, So from that moment, we knew there was something in this. Um, To be honest, it was, yeah, Steve and the boys really took the lead on the product development side. So refining what the actual product consistency would be like and physically making it by hand. Jess, Ari, and myself, um, the other other co-founders, they we really took the lead on the marketing side, so working out what we wanted the brand to stand for. And we had a few really simple missions. The first was we wanted to make natural skincare fun. As I said before, you know, this is nearly nine years, nearly ten years ago, the natural skincare market wasn't what it is today. Um, it was still very greenwashed, a bit flowery, um, and we wanted to bring that energy and that sexiness and that fun that colour cosmetics had and apply that to natural skincare. Um, and then we wanted to be frank, which is where the name come, came from. So we wanted to be honest. We wanted to be transparent. We were kind of going up against these bigger beauty brands with all these hyperbole and these exaggerated claims. And we just wanted to be honest and down to earth, simple ingredients, simple messaging. And so that's where this whole idea of let's be frank and the name Frank Body came from. Um, we launched with a very questionable website. It was very simple. It had this very funny like word art tap on it, which I don't know, I would cringe if I looked at it today. But there's this saying that if you're not embarrassed by your first product or by your first design, then you launched too late. And I do believe there's a lot of merit behind that. Um, And we just had the one product, as you said, in this brown paper bag um, that we labeled, had a sticker that we labeled ourselves um, and a pretty aggressive social media strategy. I think we only had about a thousand followers 
the night we launched. But I'll never forget it. We launched and um, we were really lucky to have early on success. Um, and from there, we've just grown and grown. And as you said, now we have nearly 40 SKUs. Our team's 44 people, sold over 10 million products, um, and now we're definitely a real omni-channel brand. So we're purely direct-to-consumer for the first two and a half years, um, but now our retailers um, locally and globally play a huge role um, in our business. um, I mean, okay, so many nuggets to get into. So I think I'm going to first start (laughs) with the co-founder story. So how did you find your co-founders and for you... What's the importance of having a co-founder? Oh, I love this because um, Jess is one of my, my best, best friends. Um, and we always talk about those sliding door moments. And you're like, none of this would have been possible if we hadn't met. Um, yeah. And so we worked the same part-time job when we were in uni. Um, we drove the Red Bull cars. I don't know if you have them, um, which yeah, was yeah. actually an amazing part-time job when you're at uni. And we learned so much about marketing. We had so much autonomy. Um, and we formed a really close connection. Um, that's why I also met our co-founder area who's left since left the business um and we shared a passion for writing and so that's why we started the blog together willow and blake um and me and jess are very different but very similar so it's it's a pro and a con that we have similar uh skill sets so we're both copywriters by trade we both love creativity um both love marketing it does really help having the because we have the two businesses so we can tag team um and really bounce off each other and then my husband is the other co-founder. I met him an old-fashioned way in the bar. <laughs> um, and he is great because he thinks completely different to me. So he is a numbers guy um, and numbers go in and out of my head. Um, like I've obviously had to learn to understand them and to, to live in them and they live in spreadsheets these days as most business owners do. Um, but for him, that he really enjoys that, that side of the business. Um, and he's wonderful at that. And then Alex um, is our COO and he met Jess um, at their part-time job, their first job that they worked together. Um, and he is yeah, he's basically the one who gets everything done. Um, but when we first started, he was really focused on the IT side. Um, now he's a COO, so he just makes everything happen. Um, and we still joke that he's like our resident IT support because whenever anything goes wrong, <laughs> IT was like, Papa, please help me. Um <laughs> And I, I think we talk about this, one of the foundations of Frank um, is that work is a lot more fun when you like the people you work with. Um, 100%. And so this business was built on friendship and family um, and that really does infiltrate throughout the whole business. There's definitely pros and cons to working with friends and family, as you would know. Um, I think the pros are that we have each other's back um, and we're really open and we're liberal with our feedback. Um, so we definitely don't beat around the bush. Um, I guess there's cons, obviously, that come with that um, from a professionalism. I probably talked to my husband, who's the CEO, um, in a way that I maybe shouldn't sometimes. <laughs> um, obviously, we've had to work out a way over the years to balance that work life um, because in the early days it was all consuming and it, it took over our whole lives. Um, whereas now I think having family and other friends, we've learned that when we're at home, me and Steve still talk about work full stop like all the time um but but we've learned not just to talk about it and not to bring the problems home from work and that took a long time um you know we've had definitely that's still a work in progress um same as with Jess and me you know we're best friends um and we're lucky because when we're out socially we have basically like an unspoken rule that we just don't talk about work um yeah 
but then it's the best because you have someone to share the highs with, you have someone to share the lows with. And I think that is, for me, I, I'm someone who I, I bounce off. I, I thrive, I'm an introvert, but I, I thrive off other people um, and their energy. Um, and particularly that's been, for me, this is saving grace is that when the times have been tough, I've had other people that understand exactly what I'm going through because they're right by my side. Um, and then when we have our successes, they're all the more better because we're doing it together. You know, I sit next to my best friend, two of my best friends and my husband every day, and we still haven't killed each other. Um, so that's pretty special. You know, that's such a beautiful way to say it. And I think it's, it's also so important to know for anyone listening who's starting a business or just co-founding a business that it takes time. Like it, you can't, you're mm. not going to have the perfect relationship or kind of um, boundaries from day one. It does often take a bit of time. But the best thing is, is like, I think, if you put those boundaries and you work, find a way to cohesively work, it can actually separate you from most brands because you have that deeper connection, right? That trust, that mm. loyalty. Um, like for me and my sister, it's even a lifetime of, um, my lifetime of relationship that I've built. Um, but of course, never worked with her. So I had to, over time, two years in, we're still learning how to like set boundaries and when to talk about work, when not to talk about work. And especially it's yeah. hard because I'm sure you have that with your, whenever you're with Jess and out with your other friends, the first thing they'll probably ask is, how's work, guys? And it's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> you try not to talk about work, but they're asking us about work. So let's quickly tell them in 10 seconds and then we'll change subject. Um, but yeah, so you kind of have to sometimes do it. Oh, um, 100%, yeah. definitely. It's, it's, just, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a constant battle. It's, yeah, I think and if you um, are think, for anyone out there who is like looking for a co-founder, it doesn't have to be your best friend or your sister yeah, or, or your exactly. husband. I, you know, yeah. I look at some of the partnerships um, around me and, um, and I think it's just making sure you're aligned on your goals and on your mission and just having really open, honest conversations and making sure that you can have hard conversations with this person because there's going to be hard conversations that need to be had. Exactly. And I couldn't agree more. And also you have, I guess, complementary skill sets that, you know, you know, as you said, with your husband and you know what your strengths are and what his strengths are. And I think together allowing yourselves to, to conquer and divide when necessary is crucial because otherwise you can be... That's when problems happen is often when you're on people's toes and people feel jaded or not able to um, do their work. You have to let people mm. thrive in their own environment, um, like with any co-founders, you know, because there is a lot of, um, yeah, you're both sometimes, you're, your visions are both important or all of your visions are important. So you have to let them shine in their own remits. So it's very Definitely. crucial. Actually, one piece uh, of advice we got early on from, um, was, we heard it from the founders of Warby Parker and they said, assume positive intent. So when mm. Steve would slack me being like, hey, I don't know about this social post you just put up, <laughs> I would have to <laughs> take a moment um, and assume positive intent. He's not having a go at me personally. He's just thinking about what's best for the business <laughs> Yes, exactly. um, and go back in a reasonable way. It's sometimes easier said than done because when you have yes. that like, <laughs> candid relationship, the first thought is we forget to breathe and we just go straight to the mouth and we go, wow, wow, wow. Exactly. Like, and then, but actually, I sometimes have to sit in my thoughts, breathe, and I think I'm, I'm going to start doing that. I love that, like assume positive intent. Yeah. That's just such a good advice. So <laughs> thanks for, I know, um, Warby Parker founders, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, but um, I, I also want to know a bit about um, how the name Frank Body came to be. I mean, who created the name? Was it... Um, 
like during a boardroom meeting? Was it during a coffee shop meeting? Like, mm-hmm. how did it come up? Yeah. So originally, we were going to call the brand Piccolo, which is like a little a little coffee, um, which was really cute. Um, but as you, as we said before, when we were going through what we wanted this brand to be, we were like we don't want it to be a cutesy brand. You know, we want it to be fun. We want it to be sexy, um, and we want it. One of our values was honesty um, and transparency. And that's really where the name came from, this idea of let's be honest, let's be frank. Um, we, definitely, we, had, we had to change to frank body because we had some trademark um, issues. So. Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> my, I remember my stepsister, we met up in a cafe after frank body had launched and she's like, I really love it, love everything you're doing. She's an IP lawyer. And she's like, do you have the trademarks ordered? And I was like, no, no, we don't. We'll get to that later. And, you know, she obviously went online later and was like, okay, well, you need to get this sorted. Um, and obviously we had to go through some negotiation and that's why we changed to Frank Body, um, which I think actually worked out for us in the end. Um, but the name has really served us really well over the time and we, we love the name Frank. It allowed us to create this person of Frank or this personality um, which allowed us to communicate with our Frankfurts or with our audience on this one-on-one basis. I love it. Um, which we really loved. As a startup, we could talk to them especially on social, from this first-person perspective, um, which allowed us to have a little bit more fun, be a little bit more cheeky, um, and as I said, just really kind of connect with people. It's so, and I, and I love how the name was intertwined in so many fun play of words, and as I said, Frankfurt, but also um, <laughs> the foundations of Frank, which I think is so important yeah. that you guys are standing for something beyond just products. So we'd love for you to explain some of your foundations and the work you're doing. Yeah, of course. Um, so the first foundation, and it's interesting because I guess our foundations have, have been there really from the very beginning. Um, they've, they've really come from our guiding principles. Um, so the first initiative really is talking about diversity and inclusivity and, and that's something that's been really important to us from the very beginning. Um, I honestly, I remember our first photo shoot, um, the model, she, she's not a traditional model. She wasn't from an agency um, and they're still some of my favourite, some of my favourite images. Um, and really what spearheaded Frank wasn't influencers and models. It was um, the Frank effect um, and our consumers really sharing the word um, and spreading the word through their social channels. And so we loved heroing them. And I'm not going to say real women because I hate that. Um, but that allowed us to really showcase a diverse range of women, um, all different shapes, all different skin tones from all different areas all around the world. Um, and so we weren't limited by whatever models we use in our shoots because we were heroing our customers. Um, and so in the last few years, we've made that a really key goal for us to never lose that as a brand because as you get bigger and you become larger and more people are in charge of your content um, we wanted to make sure that we were making sure we hit those quotas particularly also as we go from being an Australian brand to being a truly global brand we're not perfect we have a lot of work to do Um, and so just making sure we put in place those measures so that diversity isn't just skin tone but it's all inclusivity so all abilities um, making sure that we're not just in ages as well you know we look at things and everyone has their own personal bias. And so we have teams set up to make sure we're reviewing our content quarterly um, and actually looking at it with an unbiased eye and being like, these, we say we want to be diverse, but is our content actually hitting that? Um, and we have to get call ourselves out and say that there's still work to be done. Um, and we're constantly improving in that, that regard. That's amazing. And I I love the fact that there's accountability there, you know, like I think as a brand, sometimes we're so go, go, go. We forget that, we commit to things and we say things and we have to always keep an eye on to make sure we're doing it because it is hard. People sometimes don't realize 
there are very few team members internally and people seem like this huge engine behind these <laughs> brands that are selling 10 million worth of, you know, 10 billion products. But actually, it's a small, agile team and sometimes things, you know, get lost in the way and we have to keep on going forward without having much time to monitor what we're doing in the present. So having accountability and setting certain KPIs and stuff is super important and that's what's going to allow for a healthy foundation. So I think it's so important that you said that because uh, often I haven't heard that from founders and I think that's very, very true. Um, So, I mean, that's why Frank Body is where it's at. And and I love the fact that you managed to find a really perfect balance between fun, playfulness, but also very like impactful and meaningful, which Mm. is really hard to do, right? Because you're playing with two sides of a coin, which often don't cohesively work together in many brands. But I think that's just the, that's why Willow, I'm sure that's why your, your agency, um, you know, Willow and Blake does so well because you, you, you're able to see all the sides of kind of how to take a brand forward, make it unique, mm. but also make it relate. And I love yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Um, and then female empowerment, I guess, is our second one. Um, so we're yeah. a female founded company. Um, obviously, there's Jess and myself, and then there's Alex and Steve. Um, and recently, or last year, what we introduced was a mandate that our board must always have 50% female um, mm-hmm. representation, um, which is something that's really important to us. Um, our senior leadership team yeah, is majority women, um, and we're really dedicated to making sure that we're raising up that next generation of women and supporting them um, through their careers, uh, whether that's through our internship programs um, and even just through supporting the women that we have here on their career pathway. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And then our third initiative is sustainability, um, which, to be honest, it's, it's not even a marketing thing anymore. Sustainability is... It just has to be at the core of what everyone's doing. It's it's an expectation. Um, yeah. 
and something that we are really focused on. Um, Alex, our COO, that's been his project um, and he has done such an amazing job moving everything to recycling packaging. We're looking at refillable options for the majority of our products, um, looking at sustainably sourced ingredients um, and just yeah, really giving back um, everywhere we can, um, reducing our supply chain. Um, yeah, it's a really big project, um, but one that we're really dedicated to. And in, in terms of sustainability, because it's definitely a journey from for brands and it takes a lot of sometimes capital and time and it can't be done straight away because mm. a brand is growing and you know we have to also make some money to be able to to grow even more and do more good but um in terms of like the pandemic recently has it been really like difficult for you to to certain like certainly advance in certain ways due to the the global supply mm. issue and logistics <laughs> definitely and i think it's 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 a really interesting one um when we set these goals, um, because we, you know, we want to say we want to move to all recycled packaging and we're like, okay, but we can't destroy the stock we already have, (laughs) um, because that would obviously be going against all of our environmental (laughs) missions. And so we have to make sure we have a way to sell through all of that stock, um, before we do that. Um, and yes, this, the last two years, as I think most, um, brands would attest to has been a lot of the most difficult, um, from supply chain and operations, uh, perspective, um, just making making the products that we currently have, yeah, has definitely been been a challenge, and the team have done an incredible job. Yeah, I mean that's all we can do is just be agile and 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 work to the best of what I think globally everyone had to face. So it was just tough times, but it doesn't mean you know. I think that's the benefit of also having a smaller team is you can be agile and um, you know we can make certain decisions and allow us to navigate a little bit easier. Uh, I used to work in Dior, and you know when you have hundreds and hundreds of employees and stuff already planned and from a year in advance it can be really difficult to to make change so i think mm. definitely um i think brands like ours were able to yeah pivot but still doesn't mean we didn't face many challenges but mm. speaking of products i would love for you to explain a little bit about the portfolio products today in your brand yeah of course so the original coffee scrub is still our hero product um and if anyone hasn't tried it that's where i recommend you start um so our body scrubs um is kind of what we're known for um and they're still natural, um, fresh rosa coffee, um, sweet almond oil, really beautiful ingredients in the original one. Then we also have peppermint, um, cacao, and our APD scrub. Then we have all of our body products. So we have body hydrators. Um, Perky is my personal, one of my personal favorites. Um, so that's really focused on brightening and hydrating and firming. Um, we just launched our beautiful rose hip um, body scrub and cleanser. So it's a, it's a dual action product, um, and that came with a beautiful rose hip dry body oil. Um, and then we have our face range. Um, and what I love about our face range is it's accessible. Um, so we had a few key missions, or we have a few key missions uh, when we talk about MPD. We want all of our products to be effective. Um, as natural as possible and accessible. Um, so that means making them at a price point um, that's accessible um, to most people. And so our face range is a really wonderful entry level for a lot of consumers out there. Um, it's really nourishing, gentle, um, but still has those actives in it. Um, and so lately we've been building out a lot more of those, um, I guess, treatment-focused products. So like a hyaluronic acid, our rewind retinol, our vitamin C eye cream, um, 
we're really seeing our customers and a lot of our MPD is really led by what our customers are asking for um, and our customer is becoming so much more educated um, on what products are doing and they really want products that give them benefits and so that's really what our product range is focused on. Um, that's why the original scrub was so successful because it works and you see those results and so that's really carried out through all of our range. That, I mean, and do, do you find like with, when you said customers, you know, have really been an integral part of your MPD, which I think is, well, a, it's a must today because mm. they are the backbone of your, your brand and they're the consumers in the day. What are your like best ways of measuring and listening to customers? Is it via, you know, whether your email channels or social media, mm. word of mouth? We have a few different ways. So we have um, like a, a, a set group um, that we work with really closely, um, a Facebook group um, on MPD and on testing. Um, and we try to involve our Frankfurt's on our in-testing products where possible so they can give us real-time feedback on how the product actually works, um, you know, send us their results. Um, and we find that amazing for us um, as an MPD team to get that real-time feedback from actual people who, who aren't necessarily biased. Um, we have a quiz on our website, um, which is A, for the customers to help them navigate and understand what products um, they should be purchasing as well. our product portfolio gets larger. You know, we've always been about simplifying and uncomplicated skincare and, and we don't think you need to have a billion products. So we want to make that customer journey as easy for our customers. So if you go on our website, there is a skincare quiz you can do um, and that will tell you what products. But that's also great for us because it also tells us what concerns our customers are really searching for, what concerns they have, um, what ingredients they're looking for, what their what their face, what their type of skin they've got on their face, on their body. Um, and we use that to help inform a lot a lot about MPD as well. For our brand as well, I look at a lot of beauty brands as inspiration and your loyalty program was definitely uh. up there as like one of the coolest loyalty <laughs> programs I've ever seen. So I can definitely see, you know, you're a consumer customer first brand because you, you really have made something so special. So can you tell us about Hotel Pink? Oh yeah, we love Hotel Pink. Um, and again, Hotel Pink's been um, a constant evolution. Um, so we're updating that every year um, based on, again, what our Frankfurt's want and how they're responding. Um, but yeah, that's our loyalty program. And so you start in the lobby and you work your way up to the penthouse um, and you just get benefit. You get benefits for every time you shop, for when you leave reviews. Um, and it's, it's really about, yeah, creating that community um, for our Frankfurt's. You know, we look at, look at exclusive events, exclusive sales, exclusive merch. They're our most loyal customers. And so, and so they're the ones that we want to give back to um, and reward constantly. I mean, it make, and at the end of the day, like, it's it's such a growing like vehicle now. This importance of kind of loyalty programs and focus groups, and I think the fact that you guys have started that from day one is it's just a testament to where you guys are today. And and um, yeah, I'm really excited to see how Hotel Pink. Evolve. I mean, one day if you can do an actual Hotel Pink event, that would be so cool. I know. You know? But when we launched, we we did. We went to um we went to Hawaii. Oh, did yeah, you? we took we went to Hawaii oh, for a trip. Amazing. Um, and there's a, a hotel there. I can't what it's called now. Um, but it's pink. Um, and so then we had a competition for everyone who entered um to win a trip there. It was so much fun. <laughs> so cool. I mean, are you dying now to like now posting? You know, I think you you were saying you're heading to the states now. Finally, after mm. this whole pandemic, are you excited to get back into like 
IRL events and, you know, actual physical pop-ups, et cetera. Oh, definitely. And I, and I think everyone's, our customers are really looking for that. I think everyone's looking for that, that physical connection and, um, and those experiences. And yes, I'm very excited. We're heading over to America for a month. Um, we're going to be basing ourselves in LA, um, really immersing ourselves in, in that and getting to know our American customer more. Um, you know, we're really focused on America as a region over the yeah. next few years. And, and so, yeah, I'm focusing that, which is exciting. But, yeah, terrified to get on a plane, to be honest. It's been yeah. two and a half years and I'm taking my two little boys and I'm just oh. I'm nervous about <laughs> if anyone's going to sleep. <laughs> it's going to be, um, yeah, you're going to be, I mean, yeah, do you, have, you, have, you said you have to wear a mask in, from Australia. Yes. So it's going to be a long, long journey. But, um Honestly, yeah, you, you, you'll literally be as if it was yesterday. When the first time I remember I got back on a plane after so long after the pandemic, it was like, oh, okay. And you're going at a good time because I think there was a moment where travel was open, but it was like really difficult with all these tests and all these forms. And I think it's getting a bit better now and less. Um, but it's getting really expensive now because obviously everyone is traveling and that's like the hard I know. <laughs> I was like trying to do all my work trips and I was like, okay, we had this like... Uh, now new pricing of flights which are like 5x more than what I thought it was on average so I was like maybe we could just continue the zooms for a while for some yeah. for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and put, put the money in MPD and, and other things I know <laughs> it's definitely a challenge as a business yeah finding yeah. out that working that balance um, but yeah we have a global team so we have team members in the US and we're Amazing. coming across the UK actually as well because um, we've got mm-hmm. two team members or three team members there now um, and as I agree like zoom is amazing but there's nothing like an in-person catch-up. It's so true. But, um, you know, speaking of the pandemic, and I would love to know a little bit now how, um, like, the pandemic has shaped your rituals for success. Like, have you adopted new rituals in your daily life to motivate you, both personally but also in work, to have the best day? Ooh, good question. Um, (laughs) I, I go back and forth. I think... During lockdown and and during even being on mat leave as well, um, I think I did have a lot more downtime um, and there was a few things I was like, oh, when we go back to the, like when I go back to work and go back to real life, I want to make sure there's a few things I keep doing. So one of the things was making sure I take time to say hi to my neighbours. Um, and so often I'm that person who's rushing out the door and running to work and I've got my earpods in because I'm in a meeting. And, and then, you know, lockdown kind of forced us to, to slow down a little bit and make a lot more. We were in a pretty severe lockdown where we couldn't actually leave the one kilometre radius around our house um, (laughs) for a long time. And so you got to know your neighbours really well. And there's something so beautiful about that. Um, And so that's one of the things that I've really tried to maintain is making sure I'm never too busy to stop and have that five-minute chat with my neighbours. I also am lucky I I walk a lot um, and that's something that I've kept up since the pandemic. Um, I walk to work. I'm very lucky that my work is 15 minutes, my office is 15 minutes from my house um, and we have a dog who forces us to keep doing that. Um, But to be honest, I feel like since lockdown's ended, life's just gotten busier and busier so quickly um, and finding any kind of balance. I, I really don't believe balance exists what I really focus more on um is I guess finding a flow um and to steal my one of my co-founders I think it's actually Bruce Lee who said this but like be like water um and so just be fluid um don't try to bash yourself up against a rock go around the rock sneak through the cracks 
Um, and that's how I, I really approach life these days. Um, just go with the flow. Yeah. Um, and the pandemic, I think, ha- taught us to do that as well because so much was out of our control. Um, yeah. And so that's definitely something that I've kept up um, since then. It's so true. And universally, we're all connected by that same you know, it kind of humanized us, it sounds weird to say, but it made us all realize that we're all on the same level because at the end of the day, all of us had to face this. Um, oh, yeah. And I think that, you know, we got, to get, we got to be a lot more inspired through online content a lot of the time on ways everyone had to collectively deal with it. And I think for me, I learned a lot of new techniques from even like TikToks and stuff of like, oh, mm. like, that's a reminder of like mindful grounding. And that's a, that's a really good morning juice to make. And it was really interesting. And, and now I'm noticing certain stress levels and anxieties coming back. And I'm trying to like now kind of go backwards a bit to the time mm. when I was actually pretty happy once I got a, like a really simple routine in my daily life through, through the pandemic. So, yeah, I'm trying to find this balance now. I don't know if you feel the same, but it's like now, you, you know, you're about to travel and all that stuff. It's like, oh, it's, it's starting again and maybe going I even know. faster. And we, I like the stillness sometimes, you know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's really interesting. I was talking to um, another founder who's a little bit earlier on in her journey and she's like, does it get easier? And I'm like, oh, God, I want to tell you it does. And it, it does in some regard, but there's, such, there's a certain level of hustle that I think you yeah. have to have as a founder and, you know, in the early days, my God, we worked our asses off, you know, I remember yeah. we, we had, this is before the time when you could schedule Instagram posts and we post every hour on the hour and I'd set my alarm and wake up at 2am to post um, mm. and like we worked every single day. Now we've got more balance and we have a larger team, which is great. Yeah. But I think as a founder, you you do you work harder than you like the whole idea of like find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life is a myth you know I think it's, we work harder than we ever had so true. um but we do really enjoy it um and we're definitely always getting better so yeah I think it does get easier 100% I, I, I will say like I mean I don't know what your thoughts on this are as I thought this the other day about um you know the, the market today it's a weird place for even my brand because you know we've just had two years of business we're in the third year now and often I hear um, a lot of founders who've built brands for 15 years and 20 years. Um, there's that whole, and I've heard a lot of it from even big leaders in the industry, whether it's a big retailer, giants, or et cetera, or like, I don't know, ex-CEOs of big companies. They say, I don't know, the ca- a cash at the beginning, you know, you're going to be packing boxes. And then eventually it's like, <laughs> there's a journey. And like, you're still focused and still grow slowly. And, and it's true, there is a huge, you know, absolutely this is absolutely correct but at the same time i'm also in meetings where i'm hearing this new brand has come in and it's just doing 30 million revenue in year one and <laughs> growing so quickly and it's like the world has kind of changed where the it, it's it's you the barriers to entry in certain ways with digital with tiktok is you can grow a seven-figure business in 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 a month j- mm. then much easier than it was like five years ago so founders and i often find i have this podcast where now nearly over 200 founders have had confirmed and it's hard because, yeah, we have to think about so many factors. Like, who are we as founders? What is our brand's mm-hmm. potential? Where are we distributed? And what is our access to capital? And what is my mindset? What is my life right now? Do I have a family? Do I have kids? Do I have time? And what would you say for you has been like a way to keep you a little bit just focused and level-headed and, and not too stressed by all of these factors that founders can go through in 2022? Oh, God. <laughs> It's a tough um, one. But I, I it's a tough one. It's a tough, 
Yeah. No, I, I really, I really like that. Um, I think the thing that I always come back to, like I'm like like a lot of founders suffered a lot from imposter syndrome. Um, yeah. And the thing that helps me is that everyone is making it up. <laughs> um, and call. often it's Perfect. the people, yeah, the yeah. people who look like they have it all together are the ones that really don't. Um, and you never know what's going on behind behind closed doors. You you know, people know. rock up and they sit in a boardroom or on social media. They look like they have it all together. Um, and then, you know, you hear, oh, actually, no, that founder just got kicked out of ex-retailer or that person's exactly. stock has been delayed. And, like, you, when you have those conversations with people, they often have the same stories. Um, and that's, I guess, one of the best things for me is they always talk about, in Australia, they've been this tall poppy syndrome, but I've never found that. I've always found most founders are really open to talking. And that's why I think things like this podcast are so amazing. Um, because when you have these conversations with people, you realize that, oh, I'm not the only one. So many other yeah. people feel like this um, and are having exactly the same challenges um, and are really open to talking about it. And it's not necessarily about finding solutions. It's just about understanding that, yeah, you know, Everyone's having challenges, particularly the last two years. Um, we've faced, yeah, I can't want to say, don't want to say unprecedented times, but you know what we've been through is crazy. And yes, we have. We're seeing so many more brands entering the market, um, and a lot of brands that I was self-funded. I think you were as well, um, yeah. and so we had a, quite a different trajectory. A lot of brands are coming in now as part of incubators, or they've already they're already raising so much money before they launch, or or shortly after, and that yeah. that gives them these other opportunities, um, particularly TikTok and social media. Um, yeah, as you said, like something can go viral and, and a lot of it is out of your control. Um, obviously there's a lot of hard work and a lot of strategy that goes into these brands. Um, and you really do have to set yourself up for these opportunities. Um, but I think yeah, what grounds me is that I'm not alone. Um, and that most other founders, um, have days where, they question why the hell am I doing this? Um, and then you have other days where you feel on top of the world and everything works um, yep. and you just have to keep going forward um, and understand. This is my other thing actually that helps me keep grounded. We make skincare, you know. It's really great but no one's going to die. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's not like it's, yeah. It's if someone just, doesn't get their body cream, <laughs> exactly. it's beauty and beauty's meant to be fun and that's our whole brand philosophy is is let's make natural skincare fun or let's make skincare fun and be the most fun you can have in the bathroom and so that's something we're always always telling our team um, is, yeah, make sure you have fun and then also, yeah, believe in yourself. Um, as I said before, um, imposter syndrome is, is a big thing and, there's no set way to do anything. There's no secret book with all the secrets of how to run a business. Everyone's got their own journey um, and you can do it your own way. Um, so you don't have to follow what everyone else is doing. Such important and beautiful advice. And and I think just, um, yeah, stay in your lane. Obviously have people help you while you're on the journey. People always reach out because people, you'll, people will surprise you. Um, and people you think are out of your reach or founders that you think are way bigger than you, they're often the most like likely to even help you so um mm. yeah never assume a certain way and always just just try but also know like you know take everything with a pinch of salt because it's still your journey use it how you want and know most people are going through a lot more you don't see 
behind the closed yeah. doors and they're also probably making it up so that that's a synthesis of synthesis of what we <laughs> just said <laughs> and it's so um it's yeah so valuable and i i basically couldn't even say anything better than that so thank you that's, <laughs> oh, that's really so really sweet. helpful especially to me as well i needed to hear that today um <laughs> as we all do we need to remind ourselves as founders we can we can sometimes even give advice really well but we forget to take it and listen to it oh, 100%. So i need to like you know i need to do that but um before we go to fire round questions i have a desert <laughs> island like situation for you so i'm inviting you to a founder beauty retreat the island people often ask me what is the temperature i say let's go for it it's a warm island you know we're enjoying the summer weather now what is that one frank body product that's your go-to because i'm being strict i'm saying you can only bring one, one. oh my god it's so difficult so it's like choosing hard. one baby i know but i know what is your go-to um Oh God, on a desert island, it's our lip balm. Because um, I apply that every day. <laughs> yeah, I always have it. No, I always have it with me. <laughs> yeah, multiple times a day, um, and that is my go-to. I have it with me everywhere. I have one in my bag. I have one on my desk. Um, it's a beautiful lanolin base, um, and yeah, it's just an incredible product. And I can use it. Yeah, obviously on my lips, but on dry patches on my elbows as well, things like that. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's a great, great one. So <laughs> anyone listening, if you don't have that lip balm. You get know it. to find it's it. So good. Get it. Um, so fire round questions. First thing that comes to your mind. The first question is, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now? Oh, I'm loving Conserving Beauty. Um, so they're a little Australian brand, not little, sorry. They're an, a younger startup brand. Um, yep. And they're really focused on waterless beauty, um, which I think is oh. a really interesting trend um, and really focused on sustainability. So she has dissolvable um, makeup removing face wipes. Um, oh, wow. And she is just a pocket rocket, and I think she's going to take over the world. And I, I'm really excited to see what she does and and how she makes an impact um, in the beauty. I'm just looking at the website, it's absolutely stunning. The product, yeah, beautiful. I'm excited to see, yeah, where that. Maybe I, sh- I should. Who's the founder? Natasia. She's um, Australian. She's wonderful. I'll connect you. Yeah, get her on the pod. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, what is a guilty pleasure of yours? Oh, um, ooh, guilty pleasure. Whenever my husband has a night out, I'm secretly really, really happy um, because that means I get to sit at home and I always and I order butter chicken because he's an extrovert and I'm an introvert. So yeah, he goes out to the pub um, or out to a party and I go home and I do a face mask and I have a butter, one of our face masks, our glow mask usually, um, nice. and I eat, have a butter chicken and then I have a bath and then oh. I go to bed early. That's an important ritual as well. You see, that's you mm. need to have your even your guilty rituals are so crucial for our mental health. <laughs> so, exactly. I love that. Oh, I love that. Um, what are you currently watching or reading? Ooh, I'm currently reading Untamed by Glennon Doll, um, which I really, really love. It resonates with me on so many levels. Um, yeah, she's talking about, I guess, a lot of the shame or the pressure um, that we put on ourselves and, and people pleasing um, and just breaking free of that um, and learning to live. I guess, yeah, untamed. Um, and what's your favorite social media platform right now? Oh, I'm old, so I'm, I'm, I'm millennial, so I'm on Instagram. <laughs> but I, I, I'm trying to get more into TikTok. <laughs> yeah, TikTok, for, for, for work, for business, it's, it's so powerful. So that's why I'm trying to, like, go on. But the more and more I go on, the more and more I'm getting addicted to this, like, my, they know my algorithm, knows my address <laughs> yes. so well. It's so dangerous. So I'm also, like... 
you know, as a millennial, we're like, just like, maybe like, don't go on it too much because you can waste a lot of time on it. So maybe yeah. count yourself lucky you're still on the Instagram, like pure wagon, because uh, TikTok is, is um, a spiral down time wasting. <laughs> but it's so fun. Definitely. Um, do you have like a favorite quote or mantra? Ooh, um, well, yes, risk it for the biscuit is my life motto. Um, we have that on a poster or framed when you walk in the door. Um, and then, yeah, my motto for the year um, is to be like water. Um, so as I said before, just go with the flow. I love that. Having a, a motto for the year as well. I think that's yeah. something I want to start doing because it's like an intention, like, you know, people have a, that's such a good idea. Like instead of having like, you have obviously like new year resolutions, but having like a motto for the year alongside yeah. that and stick by that. <laughs> So, so smart. I, I think I'm going to think about what mine is. That's such a good idea. Um, my last question is, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, and, and, and I'll also say, if you weren't in journalism, what would you be, or writing, what would you be doing right now? Oh, I don't know. That's such a good question. Um, my mum was a social worker, and I always thought that I would love to go into social work and help people, um, and maybe another life. I will um, go back and do something like that. Um, so, yeah, something to do with helping people in social work. Or I love the idea of having a physical space. Um, I don't know what that what that looks like. Um, you know, maybe it's like a health retreat or a wellness space. Um, but, yeah, I love the idea of – because Frank is such a DTC, we've obviously got our retail partners, um, but a direct consumer brand. I love that idea of having a place and seeing people actually exactly. in real life interacting. Couldn't agree. I mean, who knows, maybe with Frank Body, but maybe with another brand or another concept. Yeah. That's the best part is life is full of reinvention and new journeys. But, um, yeah, that's why I ask that question. So people can remind themselves and like, ah, maybe there's something else I wanted to do later yeah uh, we forget often often ask ourselves of our many interests and because we're so multifaceted so if we can try to do as much as possible in our lifetime why not try it so of course that's very th th thank you so much for a this amazing conversation again huge fan of your brand and what you've created but even more so now knowing the whole journey behind it and you're an absolute powerhouse and i'm so excited for everything you're doing to just be now more and more global, see where the USA takes you more and more. And yeah, I'm really excited to be on this journey with you and I can't wait to hopefully meet in real life very soon. Uh, but in the meantime, where can everyone find yourself or Frank Body on social website? Oh, so frankbody.com um, and then retailers, so the UK, Boots, um, Selfridges, the US, um, Ulta, Target, um, and then Australia, Mecca. Um, and then our Instagram is frank underscore pod. Well, I'll put all the links in the summary so people can just straight away tap away. And um, well, we'll see each other very soon, hopefully. And till then, wishing you all the best. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Um, I really enjoyed chatting with you. hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. 
it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable and Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founders Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.